And MLM Rebel is a new breed of network marketer, smarter, truly independent, and free. MLM Rebels wage war against the soul-sucking corporate world and against network groups who would rather preserve doctrine than helping people get results. MLM Rebels recognize when the world changes and changes with it. MLM Rebels don't believe in duplicating things that no longer work and would rather work without a safety net than within the confines of one. MLM Rebels are only involved in opportunities that give everyone an equal playing field instead of a top-heavy one. We don't care about the sacred cows of MLM, we don't care about the industry, and we do not care about the way it's always been done. We care about people following their gut. We care about people being able to quit their jobs now. We care about people being with their family instead of their boss every day. We care about people being with their family instead of their team all day. We care about people living free. We believe a truly free networker has multiple streams of income. We believe a truly free networker's creativity isn't shackled by their company's contract. We believe a truly free network marketer actually knows how to market and that they run their business like a real business. MLM Rebels prioritize faith, family, business, sacrifice sacred cows, build their own empires, never rebel against each other, and change the world. MLM Rebels know they are not confined by doctrine, not stifled by the past, and know they are one business away. My name is Zach Spear, and welcome to MLM Rebels. Hey everybody, Zach here. Welcome to another episode of MLM Rebels. I am pumped to spend some, some time with you guys here today and uh, talk about network marketing versus real estate investing. And uh, this is going to be a fun one for me, um, particularly because I love real estate and i um, really, really pumped about it. However, I'm going to try to make this a little shorter than the previous episodes. But if it happens, fantastic. If it doesn't, that's okay too. Um, the, the, when I was looking at the, the last two times for the last two episodes... They were literally twenty. They were like within ten seconds of, of of each other. Like as far as how long they were, which is pretty funny. Um, I I don't know how funny that is, but funny to me. Anyway, it is another fairly beautiful day here in Texas. Uh, at home, it's negative twenty five with the wind chill in Chicago. Here, it's it's like fifty five Fahrenheit. So it's not it's not like summertime, but man, it's a heck of a lot better than negative twenty five. That is for sure. So many prayers going out to you if you are in the cold, cold, cold areas of the country. I feel for you because my family is there, my friends are there, and uh, hopefully you're staying warm and uh, things like that. So anyway, guys, wanted to chat with you uh, today a little bit about the MLM, or about the MLM, about network marketing versus the stock market. And um, literally as I'm saying this, I'm, I'm, watching, I'm watching my car. So uh, we're, we're outside of a cafe right now. And I parked in a spot and I felt like oh, the spot feels kind of tight. <laughs> and there's somebody just parked next to our car and I'm like really hoping they don't smash their door into mine. Um, that'd be sweet. So I think after I'm done with this, I'm going to go move the car so that I can stop looking at it. But as you may know, I am very excited about real estate. I like it a lot. Um, right now, uh, we have a, a real estate coach that is going to be helping us uh, acquire our first investments. Um, we're looking at apartment complexes, and he makes a full-time full-time living off of like he makes all of his all of his income, I believe, from his investments only, just off of the passive income that's generated. And so we're really really excited about this part of our lives. We have been 
uh, excited about doing this for a long time and um, just kind of, you know, didn't do it and now we're going to. So before we jump into things, I just want to let you know that I am very excited about real estate. I am very excited about uh, real estate investing. There is no part of this where I'm knocking it in any way. Uh, We are simply comparing the different factors of speed and reliability in terms of passive income. Um, So I'll let you know that right up front. Number two is I am going, I'm coming at the real estate perspective uh, right now from an area where I personally at this recording, I don't have money in real estate investments. Okay. Um, I am going off of what personal friends have told me. I'm not giving you, I'm not giving you theory here. I'm giving you, uh, what people have told me that they're personal friends of mine. Some of them in some cases are very close friends. Um, what their investments are doing and things of that nature. So know that I am telling you what they tell me. And, um, and also I don't have personal money in real estate right now, although I want to and intend to. So hopefully that gives you um, a little bit of background there. First thing I'll tell you is this. I want to give you a, a quick story uh, about a friend of mine. I'm going to call him John. I'm going to change his name for uh, for his sake. Um, and, uh, and John has a six-figure salary job. He wanted to get into the real estate investing game, and so he bought a single-family house to do that. Um, he went and put, I think he put 10% down, um, may have been a tad more, but anyway, he put about, he put about, uh, 10 grand down. So it wouldn't have been 10% actually. Uh, he put like 10, 10,000 down or so, and somehow bought a $300,000 house. How he did that, I'm not entirely sure, but, um, he owes 290 grand on a $300,000 house. He rents it for about two grand a month, and once you take into consideration uh, the mortgage payment, um, his mortgage payment is around seventeen hundred dollars with an interest rate of four percent. Um, so his interest, or his uh, excuse me, mortgage is about seventeen hundred. Rent is about two grand, and so he's a three hundred dollar profit left over before he removes any of that money for putting money away for you know vacancies, for capital expenditures, for repairs, um, things like things of that sort. So $300 a month left over, not counting the operating expenses that you might incur. Now, that is pretty solid if you don't have to do anything for that house's income. Um, if you can just literally sit back and let it come in, you know, I, I'll take it. However, what he's told me is, you know, he's had a few months of vacancies, not a lot, but a few. And every month he has a vacancy, that's $1,700 that has to come out, I mean, has to get paid to the mortgage. And guess who has to cover it? Him. He's got to cover the $1,700. And so he's personally told me that I don't, he doesn't feel comfortable spending the 300 bucks a month he makes because he has to sock it away for vacancies, for an appliance failure, for um, any sort of expense that could come up. Um, and he, I mean, he kind of feels like a little bit trapped by it. He's got a $300,000 liability to make 300 bucks a month and he can't even spend the money. And he's kind of locked in, which, you know, blows. Now, to get out of something like that, uh, you need something called scale. All right. So if he had, let's say, twelve properties, which I have another friend um, that has uh, somewhere between twelve and twenty single-family house, single-family houses that he rents, and he makes um, he makes a full-time. I mean, it's not a huge full-time, but he makes like five, six grand a month on his passive income in that way. And he, this is a, not the mentor that I'm talking about. This is a, just a, a friend of mine that that I, that I know. Um, 
And, you know, that's, that's fantastic. He makes five, six grand a month. Um, you know, he obviously puts money away for vacancies and for expenditures and things of that nature. Um, but you know, when it's all said and done, he, he can, you know, if he makes six, seven grand a month in passive income, he can, you know, keep four to five and live off of that. Can you live a lavish lifestyle? Absolutely not. But does it meet our mark of $50,000 a year of passive income? Yeah, it does. If you're making five grand a month times 12, um, I think that's 60 grand a year. If you're making four grand a month times 12, that's 48. That's about 50. So we have hit our mark in that get, in that way. Now, that's only possible because he's got 12 to 20 properties somewhere in that range. Um, if you have one, you get a problem, as I've explained with John. So the... The key here is scale. You can either scale with lots of single-family houses or you can scale with complexes, apartment complexes, um, or other types of real estate. But personally, uh, apartment complexes, I believe, are the best way to go. So one of those two is is kind of your, your safety net, your way out, if you will. Now, in order to have that kind of scale, you have to do, you know, uh, one of a few things. You either have to have a fair amount of money to put down um, if you're going to, you know, mortgage a giant comp- <laughs> complex, you have to have a lot of money to buy a complex outright, <laughs> like a ton. Um, or you need to have investors in which, you know, in that case, you'll say if you have investors, that means someone else is putting up the money. That means that they want someone with experience typically to take the money and do it and like do the thing. So if you're not the one with the money, you probably have to have the experience. So if you need to get investors, like that's fine, but that means you got to be good at the thing. And, um, that's going to take a while. You know, not, not just anybody's going to give you a few million, a few million dollars to put down on an apartment complex if you don't know what you're doing. So, from a from a safety preserving wealth creating long term cash flow appreciation all of that stuff i think real estate is amazing um, i think from a long term big time wealth perspective uh, having a crap load of big apartment complexes that appreciate in value uh, because you have good management uh, abilities and you know making the right choices i think it's a stinking amazing deal um, as far as speed to 50 grand a year of recurring income, I think it's not even close to what you can do in network marketing. I mean, I've got personal friends that um, went from zero to 40 grand a month in four years starting from zero, Uh, zero to $400,000 a month in like six, seven years. I mean, this is just nutty. Um, now, granted, are, are they the exception? Of course, you know, uh, you, you have to remember, like, just go back to previous podcasts that, you know, not everyone is going to make it in network marketing. Not everyone's going to make it in real estate and everyone's going to make it in the corporate world. Like only a small percentage in each field actually makes it to the top levels. Just understand that. And you're going to have to have legitimate skills to do to, to make 50K a year in network marketing. You have to have legitimate skills to make 50K a month in network marketing. So please don't misunderstand me. You have to be operating at the highest level to do the stuff I'm saying. Um, but if you, uh, this is kind of taking into consideration that you are operating at the highest level. Um, I don't think you would be attempting to get free and break the chains of, you know, uh, financial lack and. Um, maybe you don't have financial lack, but maybe you just want to be more free. I don't think you'd be trying to attain freedom if you weren't trying to operate at the highest level. So just know that, okay? This is, obviously, you have to operate at a very, very high level to do any of this stuff. So in terms of a speed perspective, it makes it, it seems very clear that if I'm trying to create $50,000 of recurring income as fast as possible, network marketing it just... 
really beats out real estate investing. If I am only looking at things from a perspective of long-term wealth preservation and um, long-term wealth creation and long-term passive income creation, I, I think you, 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 have, you have a case both ways. But personally, I think real estate takes the cake on that one. Um, if we're looking out, if we're if we're looking out like thirty years at a time, fifty years at a time, and you let's say you're building you're building a network marketing business for that long, do you have an asset? After fifty years of building a network marketing company, do you have an asset? Yes, you do. You have a team of people. Um, you have trust within that team. Um, if the if you have enough influence with the team, you could take that team into another company if you needed to for some reason. If your company got stupid, um, so do you have an asset? Yes, you do. Absolutely. You have a list of people that trust you, like you, will stay with you, will continue to uh, be on your team. If you come out with products, they will probably be the first to buy them because they know, like, and trust you. Of course, you have to be adding value to their lives and things. But do you have an asset? Yeah, you do. Um, If you, let's look at the other side. With real estate, do you have an asset in real estate after 50 years if you have been acquiring complexes or houses? Of course. Um, you have an asset. I mean, it's a physical, tangible asset that is um, more likely to be seen as an asset for potential buyers. With a giant distributorship in network marketing, you know, uh, I know people that have sold their distributorships for sure, but they generally get a fraction of the cost of what they're actually worth. Um, I mean, there's lots of cash flow that happens, but generally it's a very personality-based business. The leader at the top is, or some of the leaders, not not necessarily the leader at the top, but the leaders are the personalities that people follow. And if you sell that business, you know the the person that buys the business might not be able to lead the team because you know they don't have the trust of the team. However, in real estate, it's a it's an asset that you can sell, and it's an asset that um, you know it's in many cases it's locked, like it's landlocked. You know they're not making any more land, so it in many cases appreciates in value and if it appreciates in value and people need it such as apartments um people are going to be paying money for it no matter what so from a long-term asset perspective i think the latter which would be real estate takes the cake um so hopefully you don't throw any stones but hopefully this is just common sense like i think if you're i think you i think what you should do is what I'm is what I'm doing. That's why I think you should do it. But I'm not saying you have to. You know, everyone has to have their own thing. But what what we're doing is we're trying to make as much money as fast and as as fast and as big as possible in network marketing. We want to help as many people get free in network marketing because uh, we just think people should be free. We want to do that so that we can make as much as we can, and we're going to put it into assets like real estate. We're going to do both. Um, but from a speed perspective, we're using network marketing to generate lots of money as fast as we can, as big as we can, so that we can put it into assets like real estate and so that we can serve lots of people along the way and help lots of people hit the dreams that they have. Is that fair? Does that make sense? All right, guys. Well, like I've uh, talked about in pretty much every episode, but definitely these ones where we're comparing network marketing versus these, these other asset classes, um, please take everything that I'm saying with a grain of salt. These are the answers that I have for me. Am I saying that I'm the demigod, that I know everything? Absolutely not. You have to you have to do your own research and come to your own conclusions. I hope this is a tool in your tool belt. I hope this helps you. But... It's not the end all be all. I'm not I'm not the alpha and omega, right? I I can give you the things that we've learned and that have helped us and hopefully they help you in the way that they have helped us make the right choices for us. Well, anyway, it was amazing spending time with all of you today and um appreciate you listening and we'll talk to y'all soon and see you in the next episode. Thanks. Mm-hmm.
Thank you.